Welcome to another episode of the Occasional Reviewer Podcast with myself, Brad. And I'm Marina. We're a husband and wife duo reviewing everything from movies to series. To short films. And everything in between, I guess. And today, what are we talking about? So, I think it's time for us to venture into the much-hyped series that we keep hearing about and getting referred to called The Last of Us. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that was, wasn't a sound effect. That is real-life lightning. <laughs> so, there was a thunderstorm coming in and we thought that it just creates the perfect ambiance for us <laughs> to review The Last of Us. So if you hear a, a very high-pitched shout uh, from all the thunder... That'll be me. <laughs> <laughs> That'll definitely be me. But yeah, so let's let's sit with the Joburg ambience of this thunderstorm and chat about The Last of Us. Cool. So as I do a little quick Google, it is rated 8.9 out of 10. On IMDb. Okay. Do you agree with that rating? No. Neither do I. It is rated 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh, that's... Okay. Do you agree with that? I think just game reviewers, game... The people that played the games reviewed that. Google users, 92% like the show. Okay. So... I I can put myself into the category of liking the show, but not... Not 8.9 IMDb like. This, no. It feels more like a six, mm. seven. <laughs> I almost said six. Oh, God, there's lightning. <laughs> and there's the thunder. <laughs> Sound effects. <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, sorry about that mini freak out. <laughs> okay, but Brad, before we jump into The hmm. Last of Us... Hmm. Let's chat about what makes us so extremely highly qualified to review all of these shows. Absolutely nothing. Exactly. We watch them with our (laughs) eyes. So I think that entitles us to an opinion in a world filled with opinions. Oh, wow. Google's got a cool little thing. Oh, cool. If you click on the mushroom... You'll see the infection overlay on the screen. We probably see more infection in that Google search than what we did in the show. But so, The Last of Us is a TV series that's based on a pretty successful game. Is the game also called Last of Us? It is indeed (laughs) The Last of Us. I think it came out on PlayStation, and you're now able to play it on PC because everyone loves it. When it came out, people loved the storyline and they were like, wow, this thing's amazing. It's so good. It's the best story in a game you'll ever see. It's amazing. And people still today, if you ask them about it, they go, yeah, I'll definitely play it. It's worth it. Who do you ask? 80-year-olds. Yes, yeah. Those are the people who play these games. (laughs) So the synopsis for the show and game is Joel and Ellie appear connected through the harshness of the world they live in are forced to endure brutal circumstances and ruthless killers on a track across a post-outbreak America. Okay, so that synopsis for me explains the series a lot better than what the trailer probably made me expect to see. 
Yeah, what were you expecting? Actually, before I... So, were you a f- were you one of the people that played the game? For, I think, two hours when I was house-sitting once upon a time. Okay. And I really enjoyed it. And then I I got too scared to carry on playing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so, do well with scary games. So, I didn't play the game at all. But I generally do enjoy post-apocalyptic survival series yeah that's your jam yeah that's my best my favorite category to watch in so when the last of us came out and it's about a zombie virus and post-apocalyptic world survival i i was so excited to watch it Hmm. for me i didn't know the references to the game so any easter eggs or characters that they introduced that made everyone else excited yeah same i didn't care Hmm. i didn't like i didn't have reference to where they were coming from yeah so I think it's fair for us to just let everyone know we're not going to be reviewing this from like a gaming point of view. We're just going to review it as a TV series that has a narrative. So overall, I love the story. I like the concept of the story. There's a virus that breaks out. People go crazy. How the virus infects people, like survival. Love the concept of it. I also enjoyed the time jumps quite a lot. I found the first three episodes so boring. <laughs> I think you found most of them boring. Um, And I don't know if that's just because they let it breathe. They let the music do the talking. And I know that's the music from the game as well. In the game menu or whatever, you'll you'll hear the music that they use throughout the series. So I think it was a conscious choice to make it feel slow so that the very few moments of tension with actual zombies or infected are heightened. Maybe. Did you enjoy the slowness of it? I did. Like, I loved the first episode. It worked really well for me. And the tension that they built at the end was amazing. Like, I felt his loss and I felt his shock. And I felt the shock of betrayal as well. Because his ex-military, he's got a particular set of skills. (laughs) Killing people and things. And he is confronted by a soldier. And the soldier gets an order to terminate civilians that aren't allowed to cross this threshold and that's how he loses his daughter yeah like i felt that i was in it in episode one i was there i was like oh joel i'm so sorry i'm so sorry mr america yeah i enjoyed the pacing of it i enjoyed how they set up his relationship with his daughter and how you kind of felt that loss i didn't notice the music and the slowness only probably happened for me from episode two onwards Mm. Yes, Um, when you're in the camp. Yes, so first episode set it up beautifully. Mm. I like that they just told the story up front about where this virus started. They didn't do it in flashbacks, in five-minute flashbacks over the series. Straight away, I think we were confronted with an interview in the 60s. And it is something that could potentially happen if Mm. these mushrooms learn how to survive past our internal temperatures in our bodies. So what did you think about the threat? For me, it's more about the human threats than the zombie. And I think in any zombie movie, it's always going to be about how humans deal with that or a post-apocalyptic world, how humans kind of deal with what's going on because we'll always kind of survive and overcome because humans have this uncanny ability to just go on even when things are tough or you kind of want to live. And... I wasn't really threatened by the fungus. Even when they introduced the big bad clicker, I was like, "Mm, not that scared. So then just don't go where they are, yeah. 
Yeah, and I kind of never felt as though the stakes were high enough for me to lose an Ellie or a Joel, the main protagonists. Yes. And finally, like way later in the series, uh, you see that they are in fact human and very vulnerable. I found the zombie threat or virus threat, um, I actually found it a little bit comical in a sense. <laughs> Mushroom heads. Yeah. <laughs> like it looked like someone sat in a sat down in a chair, put up on a little Halloween mask and Yeah, you can kind of play a game of spot the prosthetics. Yes, and yeah. it clearly looks like humans. We stuff like Walking Dead and other zombie movies, mm. the whole body looks a little bit dead almost in all mm. other movies. For this, it just looked like a normal human being wearing a mask. And I don't know if that's what it looks like in the game, if it was intentional. I don't know. There's also the kind of like, we're probably going to get hacked because gamer boys won't like what we say, but it doesn't matter. (laughs) There were elements of them when they kind of like have been around for a while, they dried up and they kind of look dusty. Almost like if you kill a vampire or a vampire steps into sunlight, it's that dust. Yeah, but then they show them how they just lie in a corner and Mm. you just step over them. And I also didn't really get a sense of the scale of the infection. Yes. There was only one moment, and it comes quite late in the series, where a little city gets overrun and our protagonists miraculously survive. Is that where they almost get captured? Yeah. That was was what I wanted from the series. That is Mm. what I love. That's a moment that made me sit up and be like, Yes, you've got me now. You thought um, your human dynamics were interesting. Actually, remember, you got to run away from the mushroom freaks. Exactly. And that's what I always enjoyed about these post-apocalyptic type of things is that they integrated the human element mm. so well with the overarching threat. Mm. So the fact that they were trying to fight with each other and then all of them just need to survive this external threat, which is these virus people, zombie things Hmm. that was cool and i was hoping to see more of that in the series and i just didn't the only real threat i felt for what's happening out there was when that military vehicle got swallowed by the ground and this big big thing came out i thought that like i would have loved to see more of that in the series like the main characters like ellie and joel running away from more of those type of things Instead of just blowing up a building and that's it. Yeah. Are you telling me after you blow up a building that there's nothing that comes through? I never felt the threat of these things. Yeah, I agree 100%. And uh, I'm going to take another little stab at the Gamer Boys. I'm just going to say Gears of War did it first. Like, and there's a locust city of infected living underneath a general population and they come up through the ground and mess up humans. So, not that original. Think about stuff like I'm Legend, the Will Smith movie. Hmm. Remember that when it got, like he, he owned the city. Yeah. And then when it got dark, he was sitting in his bathtub shivering from fear. And when they did come through, the fact that he needed to defend it, there's always that bigger threat. And I just didn't feel it. I would have loved to feel more of that. 100%. And what's strange to me is part of the big driver for Joel to take Ellie across the United States or across a couple of states is the fact that she's immune. She's been bitten, she hasn't turned, and she's immune. The 
resistance kind of fighters know about this and they are wanting to develop a cure and they believe that they can wrestle power away from the new militaristic government that's been set up by releasing this cure to the general populace. So maybe we'll talk about the dynamics of like the politics of the world. I think they did a great job in exposition or world building minus the threat. So what's interesting is like I would have enjoyed the series more if they showed you what this cure really meant and why Joel would be willing to protect Ellie. In other post-apocalyptic type of shows, the way they kind of illustrated that is by showing an infected or a zombie that was a family member Hmm. or they show a family member that turns and they try and kind of not kill the family member but keep them in a room with the hope that a cure comes later on. Yeah. So there's other elements that other series and things brought in to instill that that what this cure means. Yeah. So yeah, I found it a little bit lacking, yeah, just the the general threats I didn't feel threatened. But that's why I say there's a, a synopsis that you read in the beginning sums up the series really well. This is a show about Joel and Ellie navigating a strange world and needing to face a few threats along the way. And I suppose in this series, the threats are the humans. It's not actually the infected. Yeah. So what the show is really good at doing as well is using a whole bunch of subtext throughout each episode. And the massive subtext for Joel is he sees his dead daughter in Ellie or he sees a chance at redemption in Ellie. So there's this kind of like father-daughter dynamic that spans the length of the entire show and ultimately leads to, I suppose, a giant kind of plot twist or reveal where he decides one person is worth more than a hundred or a million or whatever. So what did you think of Joel and Ellie's characters? Initially, I really didn't like either of them, uh, especially Ellie, the young protagonist. Her kind of like performance and screen presence just didn't sit well with me. It didn't vibe with me. However, as the series progressed, I really, really started to enjoy her as a character. And potentially, I think that's the idea because you might be viewing this through Joel's perspective. So he starts off very guarded, weary of her. That's a good insight, yeah. And by the end, he is willing to risk everything and does for her. Maybe it's an intentional choice. And if that's the case, it's a really good performance from her. (laughs) Yeah, I also didn't like her the first three episodes and mm. then I think her character did change a bit yep. where I started relating. I started enjoying her a bit more. Her jokes initially was annoying. Her yes. personality was annoying. Yes. And then because they related better, it, it was more enduring. Yeah. And the moments that I loved with her character is narratively when they introduced moments to you as a viewer reminding you that this is a child and she is a child who's lost her childhood, you know, and she's been robbed of her childhood because of this world she's been born into, but also just because of how jaded and corrupt and weird the world has become. 
That was quite good with a few references, like where she doesn't know what a tape is. She doesn't know how to put on a seat belt. I think they showed those elements very well for me. Yeah, I think also she grows up a hell of a lot throughout the series. Like, And one of my favorite moments was, I think it's the penultimate episode, where you see her sitting in a teenager's room from the past and she's reading through a diary and it's a teenage girl and she asks Joel, like, were they just obsessed with boys, music and what they were going to wear? Like, was that the only thing they're worried about? It just reminds you that you're in this weird world where the stakes are really high. Yeah. Another thing I want to chat about is the this series suffered from the Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. The Game of yeah, Thrones critiques. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. 100%. I'm sure there's some terminology there. But for me as a viewer, I remember this is the key thing that I didn't like about Game of Thrones. Well, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by Game of Thrones? Okay, so first of all, the fact that they make a season and then ask you to wait another three years for the next season to come out. So that's a bit annoying. Okay, calm down, binge watcher. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second. Let me tell you about a time when <laughs> I only used to watch things one one week at a time. I'm, I'm used to seeing the law that comes out weekly. <laughs> no joke, jokes. Uh, so these the other part that I really didn't enjoy is that when they the clearest way, and uh, this is a spoiler, and I don't mind giving you the spoiler, but. The clearest way to figure out who's going to die next is the character that they invest the most time in. Or who they make you like. It's yeah. like, mm, here's, let's introduce you to a, a cool character and that let's, character's going to die. Yes, let's spend an hour of your time so you can watch this mini short story of a different character. <laughs> yeah. And then that character is going to die and then the, the show only progresses by two minutes worth of storytelling that I didn't enjoy. So third episode, beautiful story of this couple that got together. They were just a couple that just wanted to live their life during the craziness that is this world. Mm. And they just wanted to enjoy life with great food, great wine. They grew all together and died together, right? Beautiful story. Yeah. Don't tell me that good enough been said in 10 minutes. So I'm going to put on my review this through the lens of a gamer and i would describe episode three as a side quest and a delightful side quest at that the narrative of the game it doesn't really move it forward but as a side quest you appreciate how joel gets this car yeah it was it was beautiful storytelling but i i understand your frustration in that you are rooting for these characters, you fall in love with them, and then they just die. Also, you spend time there. So mm. I never understood why you would spend an hour of a series that is already limited to episodes. Yeah. Do not tell me a story about a character that you will later on be exposed to even more. And rather spend the time on a character that is now done after this episode. So it happened with the couple in episode two. It happened with the dad and sons, Dio. It happened to her mom. It happened to her love interest. So, like, that is four episodes where you spend so much time on characters just for it to end. There is so many more characters in the series 
that you could have told me more about characters that I will see in season two characters that I would be invested in wanting to find out more about them in season two. So if you look at plot points, the reason why we introduced to the couple in episode three is so that Joel can get a car that has a battery that works so he can move a lot quicker, which technically means he didn't need Ellie in the first place because his whole thing was The whole story is that he needs to find his brother. To find his brother, he needs a battery. If he bypassed transporting Ellie from the start, he could have just gone to this this couple that he knew to go and borrow a battery or pick up a car. That was the original mission. And while he is in the quarantine or the QZ, the quarantine zone, he's trying to hustle a battery so that he can drive to but Tommy. But he didn't need to pass the battery. But that's what gets him to fall into the path of Ellie and the fireflies and that whole plot line. But he could have said no and just still gone to his friend to go pick up a battery. He could have said no, but because of this connection that we've seen in episode one from his past, that's what's motivated him to go, okay, maybe I'll play the father protector role. So I could defend I'm, this all day. I'm unimpressed. I'm unimpressed. <laughs> I know you are, um, but it was a beautiful episode. I mean, so the episodes are about an hour long. The last one's 40 minutes. And I just viewed episode three as like a side quest or like its own standalone little movie. And it was really enjoyable. It really was. I just don't understand doing that in a new series where – You could spend more time building the world and building characters that will survive. I think that was world building in a sense because it shows you different personality types and how different people deal with this post-apocalyptic world. Like there's this doomsday prepper who's decided this is how he's going to survive and he actually loves it because society's fallen apart and this is what he's been preparing for his whole life. And then he meets uh, his love interest in terms of world building right at the end of the episode or towards the end of the episode, you introduced to Raiders, which I'm assuming in the game would be like another element that you've got to deal with as well as the infected. So Raiders um, randomly just like wandering and being terrible humans to other humans. So I might, okay. So you might win me over by telling me these things are side quests. Yeah. Where you lose me is that this is a nine episode series new series and this happened to four storylines just going back to your game of thrones trope like yeah i was also a little bit frustrated with getting introduced to characters and them dying like consistently and seeing how some characters were almost caricatured in their evil vibes or evil intent yeah i think it could have been done a little bit better but then if i'm talking to myself defending this i would go evil lady who is mad that her husband got killed by an informer i can kind of understand a motivation for wanting to kill this guy and his brother so what you get a backstory and then she dies yeah she gets taken out (laughs) by giant (laughs) oh no she gets taken out by freaky circus circus fungi freak (laughs) yeah that was funny i was waiting for that as well i was just waiting for like randoms to be killed by infected but that was the only time we saw it i think the show would have been a hell of a lot better if i was more afraid of the infected instead of just going uh not really scary and when they 
did attack our protagonist, it was generally like only one or two infected instead of like a horde. Yes. And I also didn't buy the escape in episode, I think it's two, where Joel's love interest kind of self-destructs with some grenades and a lighter. (laughs) And literally no other infected make it out. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know if I'm sold on how you escaped. But anyways, you did. Well done. Yeah. So overall. Overall. So like IMDb rating. Like, definitely not an 8.9 from me. No. I'd, I'd give this like a 6.8, maybe a 7. I'd give it a 7. I enjoyed it. I really did. I enjoyed the pacing of it. It's shot really well. There were only one or two moments where I uh, spotted like obvious green screen stuff. But I mean, there's no way you can get around that. The performances were great. It looks pretty. I entered the world that they were portraying, but it's just overhyped and overrated. I think nerd boys are like fanboying too hard and like upvoting this and (laughs) doing what people do on the internet. But I think it is overhyped. Like I'm glad it's a success, like really well done. I don't know how it's been hyped this much or why it's got massive reviews. I can see why, because if you are such a fan of the game, it's nice to see that coming to life. Mm. I would feel the same. So even though with The Hobbit, I really enjoyed the books and I liked Lord of the Rings. So even though I didn't didn't understand where the Hobbit movies came from, the fact that it was so much additional story, I still enjoyed seeing a lot of what I read in the books uh, transferred to film. Well, I felt the same way about Mortal Kombat. Like, (laughs) those movies are terrible, but I loved them because I was invested in the game. Yes. So on that element, if I was a fan of the game, I can completely understand why people rate this highly. I think there was also a lot of Easter eggs, which for us then doesn't translate because we didn't watch it or didn't play it. But because I was just a casual viewer... And because of the Game of Thrones trope situation, (laughs) I'm giving this a 6.5. Maybe a 7 because I still enjoyed watching it. I still enjoyed a lot of it. I did kind of want to play on my phone instead of watching sometimes. (laughs) And you did. (laughs) So for me, I don't know. Like um, I will always try to defend things, I guess. And right at the end, it made me think about there's like a thought experiment if you could sacrifice one person to save a hundred would you do it and here we see the clear no (laughs) no i will not sacrifice the one for the many and it it felt counterintuitive and maybe that's why it's also good is right at the end you're expecting yay everything's gonna be fine they've made it through this horrid landscape filled with raiders and scary religious cults and infected they've made it and ellie's gonna save the world and she'll be sacrificed it's the kind of like christ trope that we see in a lot of films like neo in the matrix etc etc and just when you think balance will be restored to this post-apocalyptic world is not at all. <laughs> yeah. And you can see the fracturing of their dynamic where Joel lies to Ellie saying that there are plenty of other kids like you who are immune. They actually, they tried their stuff. It didn't really work. Don't worry about it. And that's the beginning of their 
relationship like splitting apart and to link it back to game of thrones to me joel doing that and lighting up the fireflies (laughs) (laughs) is to me akin to jamie pushing bran out of the window and delivering that now iconic line the things we do for love so it's like sometimes we lie to those we love the most to protect them um, and that's a kind of like father-daughter dynamic. Um, but at the same time, their whole relationship is built on trust and truth and honesty. And you can kind of see how that could fracture everything. So like I really like that. And I bought into that whole dynamic. I bought into the protector. I bought into his shell shock mm. and him getting older, not being as quick as he once was i bought the whole thing hook line and sinker that being said i still think it's overrated (laughs) i loved it but um just very overrated so would you if season two comes out are you watching it i am although i think the story is lame i'm not too sure so yeah look i'd watch it to to see the world i think it's going to be when ellie's all grown up joel's dead and the story moves on I will watch it if everything else that I've got lined up is done and my food is getting cold and I need to select something to watch. (laughs) Or that's the only thing you've got downloaded and load shedding kicks in. Yeah, exactly. So even then I might read. (laughs) (laughs) No, fair. Fair enough. No, so I definitely will watch season two. I'm curious to see how this extends and finishes and I'm just a sucker for anything post-apocalyptic. But I will not. Um, I will not rush to watch it as it comes out. It will just be on my. I will get to it when I get to it list. Yeah, and I think that is it, right? All our criticism, all our offensive critiques <laughs> towards the show is now wrapped up into a neat little bow. <laughs> yeah, and please uh, don't hack us. Don't do anything <laughs> weird. We have not played the game. We are not fanboying and girling. Uh, this is just our very humble opinion as unqualified reviewers of things that we watch. And we promise to bring you a few more post-apocalyptic reviews of stuff we did like.